Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Jack Podcast Series. I'm your host, Christopher Armiston, and with me, as always, is Jacob Adkins. Jake, how are you doing on this weird feeling kind of on a Monday? I am living the dream. Are we? Living I mean, the dream. I, I didn't have work today because there was apparently a snow. It was icy roads, so I've been chilling. Well... I had an easy day. Didn't really do a ton at Didn't work. So, yell at anybody. what is it? Didn't have to yell at anybody today. Didn't have to yell at anybody today. No, that's always fun. Everyone was on their best behaviors, including myself. That's good. So, we have a lot to there's a lot to go over in the world of basketball. But before we get into you know the NBA and the NCAA, let's let's do what we like to do best for the beginning of the show and. This day in history, last day, oh. of, day of January, you know. So this was a uh, this was a slower day. Only had a couple of things worth mentioning. Um, Kyrie scored fifty four for the Nets in twenty twenty. Um, CJ McCollum scored fifty for the Blazers. Terry Cummings and way back in nineteen ninety scored fifty two. And then Bernard King scored 50 back in 84. Yeah, it's a slow day. Just a lot of big numbers, especially from like Kyrie and McCollum that, I mean, Kyrie, you could see maybe again. McCollum, I really doubt. Yeah, I don't think McCollum will ever do it again. No. And Kyrie, you know, not playing as many games as he kind of hurts. In a way, it does, but... I would also think like he he should be able to do that because he's fresh just about every time he plays. Right. Maybe I'm over over analyzing the situation, but I feel like his numbers should be elevated this year for they the sh- amount of games he does play. They should be. Or he could play. All things considered. Yeah. Um but heading into that, we have our NBA, the new power rankings came out today. Um, Phoenix still dominating the number one spot, which kind of is a no no surprise. Forty and nine, they're doing really well. I mean, you can't say anything wrong right now. No, you you really can't. And a lot of people thought that this this was just a kind of like a fluke last year. Phoenix has shut everybody up by not only proving it wasn't a fluke but proving that they could still have been better because they're doing better this year than they did last year. Right. And they're showing that they they do want it. Yeah, and they, their, they belong at the top. Over their 10-game win streak, the Suns have outscored their opponents by 4.7 points per 100 possessions through the first three quarters and by an amazing 32.1 per 100 in the fourth. So The fourth, I mean, I would put like every bit of credit of that to Chris Paul. Yeah. Easily the most clutch fourth quarter player in the NBA. It's insane. And this week their opponents, they're playing at home against Brooklyn. They're at Atlanta and they're at Washington. I could see them winning all three. The one in Brooklyn might be interesting, but out of those three, I think they'll win. Won't even be close. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on it. You're torn? Yeah. 
And then this, this whole power rank thing is getting to me because in the NBA.com, which is a legitimate website, is, is a very renowned, I, I believe, you know, I want to believe what they say, but they put Memphis at two versus ESPN's, they put Golden State at two. Now, we've talked about this. We feel like the Grizzlies are a little, they're a regular season team. They yeah. are not a playoff team. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them. And I think it, you it wouldn't surprise me if they lost in the first round. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me either because once you get to that, once you get to playoff time, that's when it gets serious. And the Memphis Grizzlies have proven that they've done good with or without Moran, but at the same time, they're thirty-five and seventeen, and the and the Warriors are. 37 and 13 now i don't get it why the second best record is not the second best team right now the warriors should be number two well winning percentage they i'm sorry you said who should be number two golden state okay so the the standings do have them at number two i don't know why the power rankings don't i think they're just looking at numbers and you know how i guess the the spread you know the 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 run that the grizzlies have had can make that a difference but i wouldn't see why you would put memphis at two with a lower record than the warriors who have two more wins i don't know either but well let me see so the warriors have won five in a row and the grizzlies have won three in a row That's so that that also it. doesn't make sense because if it was like the other way around then I could see, yeah, flop them just based on their winning streaks, but but you can better record, better winning streak. Yeah, I don't. That's that's just a funny one, but it's it's and it's the same thing at the four and the five. NBA.com has 76ers at fourth, Miami in fifth. NBA has Miami at fourth, Philly at fifth. Isn't Miami leading the conference? Yes. So what are they doing behind anybody in the East? That's what I don't understand. Who's making these rankings? Another thing about the Grizzlies, I don't know if... I don't know if the Grizzlies could beat the Mavericks in a playoff series. Really? I don't know. I'm not I'm not confident enough to say that they could. I'm not confident they'll get out of the first round. Because... The, the Mavericks they, are sitting at six right now. Like, they... And Mavericks are still the the one thing that I do see is Memphis is not deep enough to have that kind of playoff run. You're looking at other teams where you're looking at the Warriors, you're looking at the Suns, you're looking even at Milwaukee and Brooklyn, even Miami. They're deep. Memphis is not really that deep of a team, unless I'm wrong. I don't think they're that deep either. And then if they're if the if it ended today. Obviously, they would go up against the Mavericks. So, going up against the Mavericks in two playoff series, both against the Clippers, Luka has made it six games and seven games. He scored 40 points, one, two, three, four, five out of 13 games. He scored 30 points, one, two, three, three times so eight out of his 13 playoff games he scored at least 30 points and then he's got a 29 point game 
and then a, a 28 point game and then a couple bad games. Luca is a problem in the playoffs. I don't know if, if Memphis Luka, can handle him. And I'm looking I'm looking at this de- I'm looking at the depth chart. Starters right now for Memphis. You have John Morant, Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. That's your starting five. You put in the second you put in the second depth. Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, John Conker, Kyle Anderson, and Brandon Clark. I, I like Brandon Clark, but I don't like that second unit. That second unit is not strong enough to come in and say beat a even second string Milwaukee team or even a Miami team. Miami, like, yeah, so- Jaw can't play the whole game. Well, yeah. he, I mean, he can, but he's he's probably not going to be effective the whole game. He's not. So that he's you got to have that second unit going up against pretty shots when he can't. That second unit, even if he's out there, is going to have to go up against like Steph Curry running with the second unit, or if Luca or Kristaps Porzingis is running with the second unit, like he's going to have to go up against even Miami tough second talent. But you take out Butler, you still have Hero, you still have Robinson, you still have, you know, even the backup to Adebayo there, Osbarich, who's been in a... Is that Omar? Is that... Yeah, that dude's a baller. Shot blocker and rebounder. He's averaged a double-double during the time Adebayo was out. And then then you got Martin also coming off the bench. Miami is probably the deepest team, I would think. Right. So it doesn't make sense why... You would think Memphis, looking, I guess, looking further down the line, that it would make sense. Because it doesn't. It doesn't make sense down the line where you think, oh, they might have a shot. No, you're looking at this as a form of ratings. And to give them a false sense of hope. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to lie. <laughs> I tell you, you were wrong, but I don't want to lie. Because you know, because you feel the exact same way that this team is not depth-wise looking good as a team that could make that big of a playoff run. The only teams that I could see right now making a at least legitimate, legitimate playoff run, I would see Phoenix. I could mm-hmm. see uh, Golden State. I could see Miami. But it's like, I need to see who they're up against that route. Milwaukee, definitely. I could see Brooklyn because like you've talked about, Brooklyn does better away than they do at home. And plus, with Kyrie not being able to play at home, that's an even bigger incentive. And speaking of Brooklyn, they fell to number six. They're on a four-game losing streak. I'm feeling really good if I'm the Brooklyn Nets. I'm feeling good too. Plus, because you can't, you can't tell me the Hornets, the Raptors, Celtics, or Hawks are going to make it farther than them in the playoffs. They're probably going to be the lowest seed in the playoffs. And if they are, that's where they need to be. So we've had um, two teams been knocked out of the top ten. On ESPN, they have Brooklyn and Utah, but Utah with Joe Ingles out for. Yeah, torn ACL. He's probably out. He's out for at least a year or two. Yeah, that hurts them. Plus, you, it's interesting. It's really interesting looking at these numbers 
especially how they've done the rankings. I don't know why one's different from the other, but I could be wrong. But on NBA rankings, they moved Utah to 16. And Toronto's at 12. Toronto's playing hot, though. Toronto is playing hot. But they put Toronto on the on ESPN at 14. Charlotte's at 13. Charlotte's playing really well too. They both they both have Charlotte at 13. Charlotte's been doing well, all things considered. The know. Hawks have won seven in a row. Right. They're coming they're oh, coming back up. I think what we're about to see, and you've brought it up before too, is that we're about to see a point where the East has more depth than the West. In a sense of teams are actually giving it a fighting chance where the East can be more can be at a competitive level. Because we've talked about it, it's always been the West that's been the more dominant conference. So to get to where the, the Western Conference has one, two, three, four, their their last four, their playing teams are five hundred or worse. You don't get to that point until you get to the last playoff team. The last play-in team. The Hawks, 24 and 25, are the 10th seed. They would probably be the 8th seed in the West right now. I don't remember the last time we've had that in the East where they've been... It's been a long time. It's been at least, what, the... It's been forever. But... it's It's interesting how... I guess the rankings work, but I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying it to to think that, you know, Memphis has given people and given the city hope, but I don't think it's right to put them that high. No, but I mean, you, you have to, you have to credit their record. They do have a really good record, but the, I think they'll be exposed come playoffs. The jazz get exposed the playoffs Memphis, I think, is the same way. Right. And it, and, it, and it will be interesting to see kind of what happens. Um, but yeah, there's just not, from what I see, I don't see it. Um, so now going on to, we're getting near close to the trade deadline. Um, and there's a lot of different trades that I see that could work. Um, let me see. Well, this was a this was back in January that they had. You know, what would be what would be one interesting trade? Because we've talked about Ben Sim- the Ben Simmons trade, where the Kings didn't want him anymore. But like you said, he could go to Brooklyn or. Yeah. Speaking of that, that Kings Nets like rumor, did you uh-huh. see Tyrese Halliburton last night? I did not. Night? Pull up, pull up his stat line last night. Let's talk about this for a second. He played. Let me let me. He plays for the Kings. Let me get Kings. It might have been. No, yeah, it was against Philly. They lost the game, but he had 38 points. I'm going to look at 91 from the free throw line, 56 from three, 58 from the floor in 40 minutes. Do you think Philly wouldn't like to have that? Oh, Philly would love to have that right now. 
I, I can't help but think that that was a statement game. Out and he for had Tyrese Halliburton, thirty-eight points. Man, if he could string together some some more big games like that, he would be a really nice player because he's got thirty-eight, then he had eleven, then he had seven, twenty-four, nine, fourteen, twenty-one, seventeen, fourteen, twenty-four, seven, nine, back up to seventeen. 12, 20, like he, he's just so much of a roller coaster with his scoring. If he could just string something together, he would make a really, really nice trade piece because he's, he he's efficient. He's 48% from the field, 42% from the three point line this month. He went, he was 11 and 12 last night from the free throws. Yeah. And he's 85% on the season from the free throw line. I like think the stuff that killed Philly last year in the playoffs, he does well. But here's but here's the thing. It would have to be a, if I think Philly Philly could use that. They do need another shooter. I think if you add that shooting style with Seth, you at least have some decent perimeter shooting to go with Embiid and Harris. They but, have someone that can bring the ball up the floor late in the game right. of a playoff series. Right. So here's what the here's what Philly here's what the Kings could do. You send Halliburton, like Ben's, and it's not, you can't do a player by player for player. It's not going to work. So, what Philly could do is Philly could do Ben Simmons plus a pick, and then sent, and then Sacramento. Where's, you have the trade, you have the trade tracker. You have, like, you have the trade app, right? Yeah, let me pull it up here. I think what we had worked out was, you, I think you had, you take Halliburton, and you could, you could do, um, what was, I think you could do Halliburton and, was it Barnes or Bagley? For Simmons and a pick. Let's see. Yeah, I think, I think you'd have to take on Bagley. You, yeah, I think you would you would have to take on Bagley. Because I think what you could do is Bagley would fit that power forward role. You put MB there, move Tobias to small forward. Well, they want to give they want to get out of Tobias Harris's contract as well. But they but then Tobias Harris can be a part of that other deal where you go for that small forward. Say you do Harris. And an eventual say, what if, um, well, it definitely makes it easier if you don't have Simmons in there because then you could just do healed and Taliburton for Simmons straight up. That's what you could do. It's when you throw Tobias Harris's $36 million. That doesn't work. Yeah. That's when things start to get complicated. So it could work, but what, what, what happens is but then, but then kind of going along, what would be some other trades that you would see that could happen? And we've talked about, you know, the potential of Harden moving, but he's saying no. I mean, Brooklyn could get rid of Kyrie if they really wanted to. See, I don't, I think this might be a very slow year for the trade deadline because the the big names are mostly all under contract. The, there's there's got to be free agents by the end of this year. 
Yeah. The 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 names that are in play are under contract. Like Dame, CJ, Simmons, Harden's really the only one that's not. But they're not going to trade him. They're not. And I, I think if if they trade Harden, I think it'll be in the offseason. I really do think that they're gonna they're gonna do a sign and trade Harden for Simmons. So free agents right now. Um, this was. I'm making sure. Go back in December. Top free agents. You still have James Harden. He has the form. He has an option for 47.3 million in 2022-23. He were to resign with the Nets, would earn north of 50 mil annually. It's if he takes the option. You have Bradley Beal as a player option. Decent chance that Beal will resign with the Wizards. It's also important to know that Beal will want to see how Wizards look following the trade for Westbrook before committing to DC base team long term. But, you know, that's already happened. So here's an interesting one. You could you could do James Harden for Ben Simmons and Danny Green. I don't think Philly would do that, but... I don't think Philly would do that either. Let me see about getting a third team in here. Let's put Sacramento in here. Some other big names, Zach Levine, which is interesting. But I don't think Levine would leave Chicago with what they have right now. You have DeAndre Ayton. Miles Bridges. I I don't think Ayton's going anywhere. So, so here's so here's another option. Would Los Angeles try to trade Westbrook? I think they are trying to, but, but there's no but, one wants him. But the thing is, them trying to go for John Wall is a big mistake. One, for many reasons. I don't want to go because it's a lie. That would be the dumbest trade that be I've the ever seen. Because it wouldn't work. No, it would not work. And then... What you could try, and this is shooting way out of left field, you could try for Paul George, but but here's the thing. Is that a smart move? I don't think it is. I don't I don't think it's a smart move at all. He's injured. Like you, if you if you go get him, you need to get him like to win now. Yeah. I'm playing around with this net 76ers Kings trade scenario. The three t- I found a way it can work for the Kings, but Brooklyn would have to dump cap. Well, let me take healed out of there. So that works. I just need to get some cap out of here they'd have to get rid of buddy send him to philly let's see just so that it could work i don't i don't i don't think there's a way for that to work yeah you gotta dump too much cap it's too much for what it would be worth so we're gonna move along i did it oh you did it i did it i found a way it could work Okay, okay so the Sacramento Kings get Tobias Harris. 
James Harden, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton go to Philly, and the Nets get Simmons and Bagley. That's get, not get, that bad. They get they get Bagley. He's on a bad contract that's expiring, mm-hmm. so they'll free up eleven million in cap space after this year. They'll have room to go get a decent role player or a vet on the on the vet minimum. Yeah. It could work. And I could see how all three would benefit. All three do actually on the on the predictor. All three would benefit through that, I feel. Well, the nets have no increase, but they'd have no decrease. They would be projected to stay the same on the win total. But Philly would be projected to go up by ten wins and Sacramento would be projected to go up by two. So no one would on paper be hurt in this trade. Right. And it works with the cap. We can just send that offer to the league. See if that could work. Throw it on Twitter, tag them all, <laughs> and I'll mediate for like a ten percent cut. Just yeah. Give me, give me ten give me ten percent of money involved in the deal and i got it i can make it happen i think we all make that happen so we're so let us know what you think guys we'll put that down here write that write that down so we'll make a post about it later we'll do that um it, it even works if you don't put halliburton in the deal it, it works better if you don't put halliburton in because really? sacramento keeps their young star they get a veteran a really good veteran they're only giving up two players one of them is on a bad contract that expires. Yeah. So it would be Brooklyn gets Simmons and Bagley. Philly gets James Harden and Buddy Hill. Kings get Tobias Harris. Write it down. Let's send it. Let's send it to Twitter. Let's let's see what the poll thinks. We'll put it up. What do you guys think? We'll, <laughs> write that down. We'll remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a snip of it and I'll send it to you on, on some form of social media. Some form of social media. We'll put it on the page. Um, Might be on TikTok, but that's all I have signed in on my. Put it on Instagram. Let you guys know what, if you guys think it'd be a good trade. So, moving along towards the NCAA, the men's side of the the bracket, you know, nothing's really changed, um, other than the fact that the AP poll and the coaches poll have Gonzaga, Auburn one and two kind of flip flop. It's interesting, but Auburn twenty and one, they're playing extremely fantastic basketball. What's interesting, Kentucky makes it to the top five after being out, sitting at seventeen and four. And it's so hard to say how Marquette is still in the top 25. That's what I was looking at when I pulled it up. I said, they have Don't. seven losses. How? And how they're still in the top 25. Tennessee's at six losses. Providence has two losses and they're sitting at 15. Lost to, and they just lost to Providence. And they're still in the top 25. They've lost... They've had and they they beat Providence earlier. They beat them eighty eight to fifty six, and then just lost to them sixty five to sixty three. That says something. And they're fourth in the Big East. How? That's just a bad a bad record to have in the top twenty five. That's not. They have them at twenty four in both the AP poll and the co- and the coaches poll. I don't know how. 
Miami and some other teams getting votes. Alabama still getting votes. Murray State still getting votes. Miami getting votes. Notre Dame getting votes. Iowa and Iona getting votes. Loyola Chicago getting votes. Oregon and Oklahoma getting votes. But seven losses. You know, is, I honestly hope Kentucky loses every single game the rest of the season. <laughs> the hope, prayer. Yeah, yeah. Like if they, at least for the next, at most two years, I hope they lose every game. I mean, the rest of the schedule, it's all S, it's all SEC. <sighs> Playing Alabama, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Vanderbilt. It's all conference. That's pretty much where we're at at the stretch now. Yeah. Conference play. And um, kind of tying along with it, um, introducing a... Um, Kind of, kind of new segment, but um, interesting enough. I wanted to see what your take would be on if we go through each of the conferences and think who could win. And looking at, you know, FanDuel, kind of just seeing what could happen, just to see, uh, taking the liberty of going through each conference and seeing what... Who would be likely to win the conference title in each comp? Like going through Mountain West, going through the West Coast Conference, going through, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. Kind of going through. So, so right now, uh, kind of going through the favorites in each conference for the men's side. Um, go to the AAC, which I believe is the american athletic conference american athletic yep okay um houston right now is the favorite to win uh the next i'm gonna go i'm gonna say memphis memphis yeah i'll call it memphis and memphis is a plus ten thousand which i like memphis insane i'm gonna write this down you take memphis i'm gonna go I'm going to go SMU. I'm going to go SMU. They've looked strong. I mean, Houston's always been a, ever since uh, five slam a jamma, like they've had, they've had great years and they've been close and they've, you know, should have been, you know, conference winners. But so you're going to take Memphis. I'm going to take SMU. I just don't... If Houston does win, then we're both wrong. Next up, we have the ACC. Got to go with Duke. You're going to go with Duke? I'm going to go Miami. Uh, Atlantic 10. Teams like Davidson, St. Bonaventure, Dayton, Fordham, Rhode Island, St. Louis. I'm I'm going to go with Davidson. Uh, Big East. Oh, Big East. Who do we got here? I gotta go with Nova. You're going Nova? Yeah. I'm going Providence. 
because Nova has too many losses for what I feel would be a run that I feel they could do. You know what I mean? They normally, when I see a championship Nova team, they look stronger in the regular season. But like you said, Villanova's that sleeper. Uh, Big Ten. Teams like Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Purdue. They're going Purdue. I'm going to go Purdue, too. I think we're we're both kind of... Purdue's been strong this season. They have done well with their... They've been strong all year. They've stayed with it. They're still in the top five, 18 and three, doing really well. Um, Big 12. I mean, yard, no. (laughs) Every year, the last freaking eternity that this conference has been open, it's going to be freaking Kansas. You're going Kansas. Yeah, I have to. Like, they don't lose in the tournament. I'm going Baylor. I'm going Baylor. I'll, t- I'll take that chance and go Baylor. Um, Conference USA. Conference USA. I gotta go with the homegrowns and go Marshall. You're going Marshall? I'm going Marshall. I gotta... I gotta back my boy David early. I coached him before I moved to Florida. Who's ODU's still in Conference USA. I feel. I'm going to go ODU. I'm going to go ODU. I have faith. We Mar- both have Marshall faith struggled our... recently. But... We, we, we both have faith in our home teams. Yeah. Uh, Obina Killen is one of the best shot blockers in the country. I have faith. Dan D'Antoni is a great coach. David Early is electric to watch. I got to go Marshall. All right. The MAC teams Toledo, Ohio, Akron, Kent State, Buffalo. I'm going Kent State. You said we're on the MAC? Yeah, we're on the MAC. I'm going Kent State. Is Akron in the MAC? Akron is in the MAC. Oh, I'm looking at a different one. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go with the Zips, Akron. Okay. Jake Lorenz, is uh, he's a big Zips fan, if you remember Jake from UC. I do. Yeah, he's uh, a big Zips fan. Missouri Valley. Teams like Loyola Chicago, Drake, Missouri State. I'm going Loyola. I remember like five, ten years ago, Valpo was like the team to beat in that conference. They were. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Loyola. Okay. Um, Mountain West, Mountain West. If you had said Mountain East, you know I'm picking my Golden Eagles. I, you're gonna pick your Golden Eagles, but we're um, talking. Let's go with. I'm gonna go with Boise State. I'll go Boise State too. Okay. Uh, next up, Pac-12. Pac-12. I'm gonna go. 
go uh, UCLA. Let me get Oregon. Okay. Last one is the SEC. Hmm. SEC. Do I take Auburn because they're number one, or do I take the under Kentucky? You got. I think you got to go Auburn. I ain't picking Kentucky. <laughs> You're not. I know. I you ain't would. doing it. You wouldn't pick Kentucky even if that was the last option. Even if they were undefeated. <laughs> Never lost. Undefeated. Never lost. Okay, and then, ooh, and we've done, we've done this before, and I think I have it here somewhere. Our our final four, and I think we've written. I I took I took what was it? Auburn, Kansas, Baylor, and Duke. I don't even remember who I took. I know you took Duke. And I think I took... I, did I take Duke, Kansas, Baylor, and Gonzaga? I think you took Gonzaga. I did not take Gonzaga in the Final Four. Because I didn't take them. Because it depends on who they have in their line, and I just don't... In my mind, I don't see it. Yeah. But I could. Um, you know they've got Chet Holmgren as projected number one draft pick. No, he's not though. He's not. He's, a, he's too small. He's too small. He has. He's too skinny. DeAndre Ayton will shove him around. Joel Embiid will shove him around. Anthony Bull, Davis will shove him around. Bull Bull would pick him up. Bull Bull would shove him around too. Yeah. He's, he's too, too small. He's too small for a guy at his size that I feel he would be a number one pick. Because he's not Somebody a one. failed him growing up. I think he, he needed to eat it. He needs to eat a sandwich. Yeah, he need he needs to be eating some fatty foods. He needs to get in the weight room, taking like five scoops of protein in his he's milk. Any. Put he's five any. scoops in that chocolate milk after you work out. All right, guys, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Cooper profile with Campbell University men's basketball star Jaden Kennedy. So stay tuned. Podcast and today for our one-on-one Hooper profile is Campbell University men's basketball star Jaden. It's great to have you. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. Um. So- the season been going for y'all at Campbell with everything um, as far as COVID. Good, good. Luckily, we haven't had any, you know, pauses like some programs or, you know, having players miss practice and games and stuff. So luckily our team, you know, we've had good luck and we haven't had to have any problems and, you know, go on pause like some other teams. Has, as far as quarantine and COVID, you know, playing basketball wise, has there been, you know, fans kind of strictly close family and everything like that 
So at first, for like the first um, 15 games, we were we, we, we could have fans. Everything was good. But then towards the end around Christmas break, when like uh, cases started becoming more uh, apparent and obvious, then they closed our home games to no fans could come in, which, you know, it was sucked. But it was like that all last year, too. So it was really familiar. But right. uh, just starting this week, our last game this past Wednesday, uh, against Hampton University. That was the first game where they allowed fans to come back in for our game. So that was really exciting. You know, it was a good atmosphere. So, And I think it's good to have that kind of atmosphere, especially in that kind of environment, especially a sport like basketball. Fan interaction is, you know, second to none right. in that close environment. But as far as your basketball upbringing, having been born in District Heights, Maryland, but you had talked you come from military backgrounds, so uh, moving can be tough. But when did you start really in basketball? Seriously, um, I started playing around first grade. I started playing like the YMCA leagues, like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've been playing ever since. I was playing football and basketball up until sixth grade. Then uh, sixth grade came and I decided like, you know, I liked basketball more and I wanted to focus on basketball. So, you know, chose to stop playing football and, you know, focus strictly on basketball. So, And I know an injury outlet football can kind of take it out of you more than, you know, than basketball as far as injuries go. So looking right. long term, I know you wanted to look at that especially. Mm-hmm. And were you a part? So you, so right around middle school, you started taking basketball seriously. Did you also look into the AAU circuit throughout that time as well? Um, yeah, I was so cool. And like weirdly enough, I never actually ended up playing a single game of AAU all throughout middle school or high school. Um, for various reasons, like like I said earlier, my mom being in the military, having to move around. Sometimes our move was during the summer, and so it was like during AAU season. So we were moving when it was either starting or it was already taking place. So I didn't have an opportunity to, you know, join a team, play, stuff like that. And then um, other situations came where, like, when I was at high school, I wasn't allowed to play if I didn't have A's and B's. And so a couple, a couple of years, like, we weren't moving, but I had to see, you know, they didn't let me play that summer. So it was, you know, it was a tough thing. And then the, my very last year of uh, AAU going into my senior year of high school, I was up in uh, New York for that summer and tried out for the Albany City Rocks EYBL team up there. Uh, made the tryouts. Everything was good. But um, I had a like my wrist was hurt. I played my whole junior season with uh, taping my wrist every game, every practice, you know, try to make it by. And so, like, during the summer, like, right before AAU season started, we finally decided um, to, you know, check out my wrist because, like, it wasn't getting any better. And, you know, we wanted to, you know, see what was going on. And so I checked my wrist out, and it turns out I had a broken wrist the entire time. And so since that had been so long, you know, since the injury, I'd have surgery, and had a cast for about two months, soft cast for about two weeks. And so missed the whole entire AAU season with that as well. So it was tough, though, but, you know. So it it never so like you said having to move a lot and then also with injury and with school I think yeah there wouldn't have been any time and I think you took mm -hmm. and you also looked at it as I'm 
school has that advantage to just focus on my grades, focus on everything else. Right. And basketball will be there, especially in the high school round. And I, and I see that you went to two different high schools, one in New York and one in South Carolina, correct? Mm -hmm. um, I actually went to three. I went to MacArthur High School in Lawton, Oklahoma, my freshman year. And then I moved to New York my sophomore and junior and then moved to South Carolina my senior year. So you so you really got to, uh, the opportunity to check out different states, different yeah. skill levels, different types of competition. What was it like? Uh, I guess was Oklahoma. What was it like? Uh, Oklahoma played on the freshman and varsity team. Freshman team, I averaged I think, like 20. Varsity team, I averaged like three. Didn't play that much, but, you know, I was a freshman learning. It was a mainly a learning experience that year. Um, I personally feel like the competition in Oklahoma is vastly underlooked, especially in like Oklahoma City. We were about like 40 minutes from Oklahoma City. Um, the competition was really good in Oklahoma, I think. You know, there were some really good players out there. And being in Oklahoma really helped me, I think, you know, be the person, be the player I am today. You know, it was a growing, there were some growing pains, you know, being first year on varsity, but I think it was a good experience. And then we moved to New York my sophomore year, um, smaller school. Oklahoma was a 5A school. My school in New York was a 1A school. Um, come in, you know, talk to the coach a little bit beforehand, talk to some players. Um, and so, yeah, come in. Everything goes okay at first, you know, not doing too great. Had, you know, five points, 12 points. Um, but then our third game, I had 31, and that's like when I could really, like, you know, hit people like I was the best. I was, like, you know, ready to, like, you know, come here and blossom, you know, instead of, you know, being more of a role player. And so, yeah, like the play, the – I would say the competition in New York wasn't as good as – you know, it was in Oklahoma, but I still feel like it's, you know, vastly underrated. Like upstate New York is vastly underrated for uh, basketball, I think. So and right. then and then South, South Carolina, done some research, you know, looking around schools, seeing what was the best place that I wanted to go to. And I chose Ridgeview High School because um, I knew beforehand that they went back to back state championships. And so that was something like, you know, I had been the best player on the team in New York and I wanted to go somewhere where I knew that I was going to you know, be playing against good competition, not only on the other team, but on our team as well. You know, I really wanted to be a part of a winning program like that. And so, yeah, uh, my senior year, we played teams like Prolific Prep, Oak Hill, Board of God, Orangeville Prep, a bunch of these, you know, ranked players, ranked programs. You know, it was a good experience us being a public school, you know, competing with these programs. It was definitely, it was definitely like uplifting for us. It made us feel like we could, you know, dominate you know our columbia or south carolina so you know, those i'm just listening to that like man where any of those like espn basketball you, you know, know friday, friday night saturday night saturday day, you tell about us at all especially um i don't cool. think so. any of them were on uh, espn but the prolific, the prolific prep game, um, the Word of God, and the, we played Legacy Early College. Those were at the Chick Fil A Classic. I don't know if you know Ooh. about that. Yeah, so those, I think the prolific prep game that's on uh, Ball is Life and Slam on uh, YouTube. So, yeah. So guys, make I know especially those 
kind of tournaments they looking at and then right i believe in yours you know covid is coming around um mm-hmm. that had to take a toll especially when season you know was kind of at its peak or even i believe the season would have ended around that time when yeah luckily march. yeah luckily our season ended i think march 5th we had just won the state championship and then like three days later that's when it all hit so so that it could but especially mm-hmm. you know schools ending and everything like that colleges are kind of recruiting basis is is not at the forefront you did end up deciding on to play at campbell what was the decision to kind of for them right well i was um undecided unsigned my entire senior year and like you said you know covid coming in in march it really threw a wrench in my recruitment you know, something shut down, you know, stopped coming into contact with certain coaches, like had visits lined up, the visits got canceled all because of the virus. And so afterwards, like towards the end, um, my coach, Eric Stoneman at Ridgeview, he was a former coach at Oak Hill. And so he has so many connections. And so he was able to like, you know, help me out, get some uh, last minute connections with uh, Campbell University, Coach White here. Uh, Central Arkansas and a couple other D2s, you know, he like really, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be playing college basketball like how I am now without uh, him and his uh, connections. So, yeah, he hooked me up with Campbell University. Um, I think it was April. And then like a week and a half later, I committed here. So. And I took advantage of that opportunity. And luckily it got that decision and you got the help that it needed. And we've, we all we really want coaches like that who kind of have your back or look for you or what. I mean, right. maybe that. The freshman year comes around. I did notice that you are able to play due to injury. What happened? Right. Um. So during the summer of 2020 was June 28th. Uh, I was at a pickup game, you know, local college run. And I uh, actually tore my ACL. Uh, yeah, it was tough. Had surgery July 8th of 2020. And uh, so, yeah, I got a hamstring graft. Hamstring grafts usually take longer. They take like at least a year to fully get cleared from. But I knew going ahead of time, my surgeon told me that that was the best chance for me to, you know, get back to 100% how I was beforehand. You know, even though they take longer than a patellar tendon graft. And so, yeah, sat out my entire freshman year couldn't practice at all uh lifted weights as much as I could though um and yeah it was basically like a redshirt year for me even though like I technically didn't have to redshirt because we got the year back anyways so I know how you feel I had a being a hired college athlete I played basketball but I played tennis and I love the game of basketball and even my coach was like I don't want you playing rec ball I don't want you playing pickup mm-hmm. games I don't want you doing nothing can't afford injured and so i can i know how it feels to kind of want to practice kind of want to be on the court be a part of you know the game and it does hurt but you took you also need to learn from the upperclassmen and the coaching staff and what have what have you been able to gain so far from them in your freshman kind of sophomore year 
Um, yeah, it was definitely, I definitely tried to learn and pay attention as much as I could, you know, watching practice is definitely totally different than, you know, actually doing it and practicing every day. So I still tried to, you know, make sure I paid attention as much as I could learn the offense as much as I could learn the things that I needed to do to be, to be successful. Um, just by watching on the sidelines, you know, and this first year for me, I'm actually playing now. It, um, hasn't gone as smoothly, you know, hasn't gone as good as I would have hoped, you know, have had some struggles, you know, adjusting to speedy college basketball on top of an ACL injury on top of, you know, a team where we return everybody back from our last year's team, you know, it's definitely been a struggle, but I wouldn't, you know, trade it for anything, you know, so. Right. And it's, and you have time to learn, you have time to grow. I know, especially it's an, it's an adjustment you're you're going from high school to college where it's faster the game gets a lot bigger it's a lot tougher so i I know how it feels uh, having to accelerate your pace when you're not ready but you're supposed and then adding that extra year off you know it's just those are wrenching the curve but you you just gotta gotta get through it so right and uh, with a lot of college athletes right now, especially with CIL, having the opportunity to make money off brand likeness, even, you know, jerseys, everything like that, mm-hmm. to have to kind of on it later on in your career, in your college career and kind of because I know right now the focus is student athlete, focus on grades, focus on my craft and everything like that. Right. Yeah, I definitely would hope to be big enough, you know, have enough uh, notoriety at some point to be able to make money like that, you know, make deals like that and do type, do those type of things with certain brands. So yeah, and it's definitely something I would look forward to, like in the future. And the opportunity will come, I believe. Uh, you've kind of worked on your game and how you the player, I feel the opportunities will come. It just it'll take time. Right. Uh, and my last question to you, and I love asking this question on the show, what advice would you give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level? Um, you know, I feel like it's, you know, a lot of people say, it, you know, it's over, overused a lot, but, you know, like practicing and playing like every day, like, like it's not really, you can't take it for granted, you know, like never did I thought I wouldn't be able to play basketball for an entire year. And so like, you know, knowing that, and looking back on it, like it makes you wish that you only like gave more, you only practice harder, you only practiced for instead of an hour, you practice for two and a half or three hours, you know, just those little things like being consistent with it every day or as much as possible, you know, just looking back on it, it makes a really big difference now. And I wish I would have known that, you know, back then. So. Right. But now you're also taking advantage of that. You're learning from everybody. You're focusing on well, how to how to speed up a game that you know is going to right. get only faster, but you know mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, right, right. But thanks for the time to come on the show. Uh, it's to kind of hear your story. Hear the, look forward to seeing big things. Of course, man. Thank you. Really, thank you for having me. Um, guys, make sure to check out as well. Campbell University, University men's program this season. We'll, we'll be right back with more hoop checks. Stay.
And we're back, guys. So I want to thank Jaden for taking the time to come on the show. Make sure to check out him and the rest of Campbell University men's program this year. Looking forward to see how they do. And we've been doing a lot of these for some time. And, you know, it only keeps us kind of motivated to keep going. And hopefully one day we'll kind of get to a point where, you know, this this just keeps growing into something bigger. You know what I mean, Jake? Mm-hmm. It's because we started; it was just an idea. We didn't think we would get this far to where we pretty much are booked till the end of February for interviews. We've interviewed; we've had so many amazing stories, so many amazing people come in, and we couldn't do this without you guys. So, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much. And for our Danos mindful moment and i can't even think about danos and like without you know thinking of tasty goodness and tasty sauce like seasoning because danos is just dano good yeah it's dano might it's dano might you won't regret it you can find deals anywhere you go and when you do decide to you know wake up and use our code you're making the best decision of your life by looking at dano seasoning it's delicious it's you know what was it zero zero tell them about it jake you know you know everything about those low sodium low sugar all natural sea salt so you still get the flavor but they don't have to use a ton of it and it's it's like the the thing that i like the most about of it is its consistency it's like powdery so you really get a ton like i've i've been on the same bottle for months now because you can just pop that trigger finger as much as you want and it's almost like you just don't use any at all right it's and, something that you don't see very often and guys you're making a great deal with it and you, it's flavor that can go on anything you can use it for chicken Facts. you can use it for pork you can use it Facts. for steak you can even like try to use it like no matter what kind of thing or type of food that you want to use like you, you can even use it for a burger yeah Season burger with it and then add to it the flavor is there so what i do with my burgers is i'll put the spicy danos on my burger mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll i'll season it both sides with the spicy danos as i'm cooking it i'm putting a little bit of barbecue sauce on there i'm putting mm-hmm. some bacon on there so you've got like a spicy barbecue bacon cheese and, and it is fantastic they're making me hungry at this point yeah, I'm going to have to go fry something up. You're going to have to go fry something up on that grill. I'm telling you what. But make sure when, if you do decide to go check out Dan, use our code HoopJack. And look at the amazing deals. And look at the amazing recipes, too, that they have. You can They, they give you unlimited amounts of recipes for what I feel is a deal that you can't find anywhere else. So for our Dano's Mindful Moment, kind of switching gears. Because we normally talk about basketball. But in the... In, Sports world in general, when we hear a story and you kind of hear it from multiple sources, it's kind of like when Kobe died. You didn't want to believe it because it felt like only TMZ reported it. And then you see a whole bunch of other news stories surface. I think Jake knows where I'm going with this. Yep. I so, have kind of an idea. So recently, there was a legitimate story that Tom Brady retired. And for those in the, everyone knows who Tom Brady is. I probably don't even need to explain it. But then it came out that Tom Brady is not retiring. And I'm and I'm really wondering, 
who started the rumor? I think it was rooted in some truth. I think he might be thinking about retirement, but he probably wants to announce it in his own way. I, I don't, I don't think he's the kind to want a farewell tour. I think but, he's, he would do like a LeBron de- the decision, where it's a one on one, and you just know. The, from what I've been what I've been listening to, not that I have any affiliation with Tom Brady, obviously. From what I've been hearing on the radio is that they think he's going to address it on his podcast tonight in seven minutes. In seven minutes. Seven minutes. The Let's Go podcast that he does on Mondays. They think he's going to address it. But then here, but then here's the thing. And for those of you who are going to go listen to it, it's probably going to be um, not seven minutes from now, but it's going to be whenever it comes out. So I think he does it live. Right, so to, to judge it by time for when we upload this episode, it's going to be, you know, 7 p.m. EST. So, ah, so big, just, facts, big facts, big so facts. We're just, don't, don't wait for the episode to come out and be like, oh, we're going to catch it at like 9 o'clock. No, it was 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, what what I'm interested in, the fact that is, that, like you said, there could be some truth behind it, but is there is there any other way that you would want it other than, because here's the thing, when you know that you're done, you don't want to give it up, but Tom Brady has nothing left to prove, just like Kobe had nothing left to prove. And right now, LeBron has nothing to prove, except LeBron's really just staying until Bronny gets there. Oddly enough, I feel like LeBron still has stuff to prove. Like, uh, what? Who else is disrespected the way LeBron James is disrespected? He's the only player with 30, 10, and 9 on his career. I and think people don't like the fact that how good he was. It was the same thing for how Kobe was. It's the same reason how MJ was. He All threatens the great, Jordan's legacy. He threatens Jordan's legacy, which angers a lot of people who grew up old around heads. the time of Jordan. He grew and a lot of guys, like you said, old heads who grew up around the time where Jordan was the only great player during that time in the 90s. But then you go to 2000s, it starts to be Kobe. Then you get to 2010s, it's LeBron. 2000, 2000, then 2020s, I think we're going to get to Steph Curry. I think it's still LeBron. You think it's still LeBron? I think it's still, it's still LeBron's NBA. It's still LeBron. might not have it on defense, but it's still LeBron. But then when he's gone, who takes the reins? Because in my opinion, it's not Durant. It's not Durant. And, yeah, and no, it can't be I know Durant. You're gonna, it can't be Durant. I would give it to either Curry. I could give it to Andre Dekun. Because here's why. Shohei Hotani, who is a Asian Asian born, is not only he he was the he's the face of the MLB. He's now the new cover of MLB twenty two, the show. And he's defying the odds of baseball statistics and he is now the pretty much the face of the MLB he's brought it back to kind of I'm not saying to a popular rise but he's brought it to you know a form of hey let's tune in to watch Shohei Otani he's an he's electrifying he's electrifying the game of baseball it's like when Aaron Judge came but Shohei Otani has brought more of popularity back to it especially in the Asian culture Asian community at least but I think it's the same. 
NBA and did it with Ante de Kumpo. You know, the, the, you know, that kind of overseas community, that overseas draw appeal would be there. And I'm not saying it hasn't been there because that's what happened when Team USA, the Dream Team, what the Dream Team did was an international form of basketball that the world wanted to see, that nobody would even come close to, that draw, that appeal. So when LeBron's gone, and I and I've said my and I've said my piece, but what about yours? Who who would you feel would be the new face of the NBA? Once I think LeBron- it's Giannis. You think it's Giannis? Yeah. And how did we get to this point in the conversation? I feel like we didn't start here, but here we are. Like this was a tangent. That's our. Dan- I mean, we've that's got what- we've got off on one. I don't know we how got off on one, but I think it was it was connected to the fact that you know is because Tom Brady was that kind of looked at person in the NFL that you knew no one could get to. He kind of was that face of the NFL yeah. because he had been there for so long. Just like LeBron had been the face of the NBA. Brady leaves. Um, you, you know what? I could. I think face could be Burrow if he I could Joe see Burrow I could see it. When LeBron leaves, I see Giannis. You have two young guys who will take the reins. Somebody who's in their say tenth or longer season. Giannis could. I think Joe Burrow brings like a swagger to the game. He does. But who knows? And I know we went off on that tangent, but it, it, it made sense in the end. You know what I mean? We brought it all back around. We brought it all back around because you know, it's a matter of who the faces of the leagues. The NBA, you could have multiple. Yeah, I think you could have who, multiple. Who could be the faces? The NFL is really like one. And kind of kind of segueing to our mindful moment right now i don't really have much except for the fact that you know i just want it to be summer i need this i need this warm weather to hit i'm ready for the cold to stop and i'm loving the cold how are you loving the cold oh wait oh oh sorry i have i work in physical education so we go outside at 40 degrees i'm outside i'm outside cleaning cars I'd rather clean. Co- uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Forty degree weather teaching PE to forty degree weather cleaning cars. I mean, I can't. I came from Florida where it is eighty five degrees outside I, at seven forty five in the morning. Sunny and seventy five every day. No, it's sunny and eighty five every day. It's awful. Oh yeah, it's awful. It's awful. The worst. With the sun. No, I, I, there might be a hint of sarcasm in my voice, but that's just because that's how I talk. But it is awful. I mean, I guess it just depends on, you know, everything. I mean, Your voice sweats too much. I, I get up out of bed and sit up in the morning, I break a sweat. I can't do it. That Florida heat is not for me. 
That's because Florida heat, that's just a lot of humidity. Florida heat. Every bit of humidity. Every bit of humidity. I mean, I, I get that point. But I think, I mean, I really don't have much of the mind mama phone, except I just wish it was warmer weather. Not humidity-wise, but I'm okay with, like, 70, 72. Yeah. Right now. Spring weather, fall weather. You know, tired of this winter weather. Um, just grinding until, you know, I get to the point where I can earn my teacher's license. That's the dream. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. And hopefully one day this podcast grows into, you know, one where we're based on we don't we don't we we tell it how it is and we don't we don't like to report false things we like to report the truth because if we wanted to report false things we'll we'll join like you know other mainstream media (laughs) we'll join other news networks that we're (laughs) the names of but you know what we're talking about work but, for any national news station if we want to report we we me and jake we like to keep it 100 we like to keep it a buck tell the truth and not really promote things that we're not 100 percent sure about jake what about you what's your mindful moment my mindful moment i mean we've all seen the news that um that young lady who the young lady who decided she did not want to live anymore um miss usa with that going on check on your people make sure everyone in your life is okay no matter what no matter if you see their struggles you see their demons you see what they're fighting or if you don't check on your people and make sure they are okay because somewhere along the line I'm sure this young lady could have used someone just checking on her because she felt like she had nobody and th- thought that was her only option. Do not let anybody think that that is their only option. Check on your people. And we, when we talk about it a lot, guys, we make sure that everyone has, you know, some form of mental health help. And we want to make sure that everyone is being taken care of and make sure everyone is taking care of each other. Because self, everyone needs to take care of their self mentally. Because physically, that can always, you can always get back to that. But mentally, that hurts more. So that's going to be it, guys. Keep tuning into the show. We, do we like we said we come out every monday friday unless a scheduled thing happens then it's the rare chance of a tuesday show or even a saturday show you know things we've happen. had a thursday show we've had a thursday we've had a wednesday show we've had nearly we have at least had at least one episode every every day of the week when we first started because we were yeah. just finding the perfect way to do it especially with our schedules we work you know this is a, it's not just a, it's a hobby a lifestyle and you know and we 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 work around it and we make it happen so it's not always going to be a perfect monday or friday but because things happen but we do the best that we can so make sure to keep tuning in make sure to donate to the channel make sure to check out uh pure recover and danos uh two great brands that we're a part of that we enjoy uh make sure to use code hoopjack at the end of your purchase for great deals great opportunities 
And if you ever want to be on the show for our Hooper profile, any ballers out there, hit us up. Send us a message on our Instagram page at underscore hoopjack underscore. And keep checking out the great work. And we hope to continue bringing great content. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.